Let's continue our series on, on Proverbs and on wisdom. I heard a, a story this week. I, it, I heard it as a true story, but you know how preacher stories are. So, you know, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I heard it as a true story. So there was a guy that was uh, in the market for a different car, and so he was going to trade in his car. So he goes to the car dealership, and he says, listen, I want to trade in. I want to trade in this car for this other car. And listen, I, I want to make sure I get a really, really good deal on my trade-in. I want to make sure that you give me a good price for my trade-in. So the, 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 the dealer says, you know, well, I'll have to take it for a drive and test it out. He said, listen, I want, I, want, I, want to make sure, I want to make sure that I get a really, there's the car right there. No, it's probably not the car, but I want to make sure I get a really good deal. And one of the reasons why I want to get a good price for it is because it has new brakes. And so I want to make sure that I get a good deal. So the, the dealer drives it around a little bit. And when he comes back, his eyes are like saucers. They're huge and he's pale as a sheet. And he says, listen, man, I, I was almost in a, in a wreck. That car wouldn't stop. I thought you said it has new brakes. He says, it does. They're in the back seat. I just haven't had them installed yet, you know. <laughs> it got me thinking that when we make a purchase, any purchase, whether it's a house or it's a car, we, we have this tendency to do, to do, I think a lot of people do this when we're, we're, we're shopping for something and maybe there's a salesman there and they're trying to gauge how interested we are in that item. We try to, here's the key word, pretend that we're not too interested, right? I mean, we're not going to go in and say, oh, I really, really love this. I want this car so bad. You know, we, we go in and we say, well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice, but I don't know. And we kind of try to play down our enthusiasm. If maybe our spouse comes in and they're a little too excited, we say, shh, shh, shh. Why? Why do we do it? Because we're afraid we won't get a good deal, right? We'll get a better deal if they think, well, you're not, not really too interested in it, you know, and, and kind of try to play down your enthusiasm and pretend that really you're not that interested and you might walk away at any time. And we're afraid that if we show them our genuine enthusiasm and desire to have that item, that maybe they'll take advantage of us and maybe they'll, they'll ask too high of a price. I got a, an email from a friend of mine in China who was asking about a proverb, and I thought, that, that's perfect, because we're talking about proverbs, and he emailed me this, and he said, do you, do you think that I'm violating this principle, or my family is violating this principle? Here's what it says, Proverbs 20 and verse 14, look at it with me, Proverbs 20 and verse 14, bad, bad, says the buyer, but when he goes away, then he boasts. Isn't that amazing? Thousands of years ago, people were doing the exact same thing we do when we buy something. Oh, that's junk. I don't know. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that or not. And they're just pretending. And then when they go away, they say, yes, I got a great deal. I tricked him into believing I wasn't that interested. He lowered the price, and I walked away, and I won. Cheated him. Tricked him manipulated him. And, and we, but we look at that and we say, well, that's just being smart, isn't it? It's just being a smart buyer pretending you're not that interested. Here's what I want us to get out of this series is that so often the things that we think of as just being smart, being street smart, being wise, by God's standards, they're not wise. They're foolish and they're wrong. And that's why we can't just rely on, well, everybody does that, Wes. Everybody does that. And this brother of mine in China, he read this verse, and he said, well, everybody here does that. And I thought, everybody here does that. It's a natural thing to do. It's a common sense 
thing to do. But God says you're, you're taking advantage of. You're manipulating. You're pretending. You're, you're lying. You're, you're cheating. Or, or how about this? How about when somebody does something bad to us and then they get what's coming to them? I thought about this story. Uh, there was one time when I was a teenager, we were driving along the highway and we were in the passing lane, but we weren't going significantly faster than the 18-wheeler we were passing, but we were in the passing lane, and you know how that is. Sometimes you're in the passing lane, and there's somebody that wants to pass you, but there's not another lane, and so they're behind you, and they're honking and flashing their lights, and I'm in a hurry, and they want you to hurry up and get out of the way, and so finally my dad got around the 18-wheeler, and he got over, and then the guy zoomed past, and I'm sure he was saying a few choice words, and we get down the road, and we, we get to a gas station, and the guy that passed us like that was actually there. And he said a few things to my dad. And so, you know, my dad was a little frustrated. We were all a little frustrated. We get back in the car. We get back on the interstate. And sure enough, a few miles down, he's pulled over on the side of the road. You know, what, what did I think? I thought, yes, right? I mean, he got, he got what was coming to him. It's a natural thing to do, isn't it? When we think somebody has been mean to us or rude to us, and then something, something bad happens to them, it's a... It's a natural thing. We might say it's a common sense thing to rejoice about it and to be happy that they got what was coming to them. But look at Proverbs 24 and verse 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. And don't be envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. See, we have this tendency, don't we? Because if I just got up here and I said, if I read Proverbs 4, and that's where we're going in just a minute, and I read Proverbs 4 that was just read for us in our scripture reading, don't be wicked, be good, right? And we could all say, well, that's, that's me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do wicked stuff. I don't do bad stuff. I do good stuff. How do you know? Well, Because, you know, I do pretty much what my neighbors do, and they're good, and, you know, I kind of follow their example, or I do what my parents do, and we all have a tendency to look at our life and say, I pretty much do the right thing. Who defines that for you? What's good? What's right? What's pure? What's wise? See, we have a tendency to live a natural life and do what comes naturally to us. This is one of the things that comes naturally to us. It's natural that when your enemy falls, when somebody does a horrible thing to your people or to your family or to you personally or to our country, and then they get what we think is coming to them, it's natural to say, yes, they got what was coming to them. Yes, God is punishing them. And God says, listen, stop worrying about evildoers. If they prosper or they fall, stop worrying about them. I'll take care of that. You, you take care of yourself and don't rejoice when they fall. Now that's a different kind of wisdom. That's an unnatural wisdom. That's a supernatural wisdom. That's a thing you could only know. That's a, that's a thought you could only have in your heart. That's a way of living that you could only live if you heard it from God. Because we don't get that from ourselves. We get that from above. Now, with that in mind, look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 10. We've kind of been working our way through the first few chapters of Proverbs. I want to do some more where we kind of look at individual Proverbs. But this foundation 
of the first few chapters of Proverbs is so pivotal to understanding the rest of the Proverbs. For understanding any individual proverb, you've got to understand the first few chapters where it's really laid out this foundation that this wisdom, this wisdom that you need to seek like your life depends on it because it does, this wisdom is from above. It's not from inside of you. It's not even from inside Solomon. As wise as Solomon was, it comes from the Lord. It's spiritual wisdom. It's revealed wisdom. And people, human beings, we have a tendency to find all kinds of nuggets of truth that are wise and true, but we only see a part of things, don't we? We only see one aspect of things. And that's why I think our our nation and our culture is so divided. Because one group of people tend to see one part of the truth and they think, well, this, this is true. And another group of people see a different aspect or a different part of the truth and they say, well, this is true. And But then each group also accepts a lot of things that aren't true. And you and I, in and of ourselves, we see partial truths that they, they really are partially true, but they're partially wrong. And if we want to be truly wise, We have to devote ourselves to Scripture. We have to devote ourselves to the Word and to the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. We have to become disciples of Jesus and allow the Spirit of God to live in us and to listen to the words of the Spirit. Look at Proverbs 4 and verse 10. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, listen to this, when you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. It's a metaphor, right? Running and walking, and we almost intuitively understand that that's what life is. Life is a journey, and sometimes you walk and sometimes you run. But walking or running It requires that your path be clear, or if not clear, that you can actually see the things that you might stumble on. I know that. Every parent knows that because you've stepped on a Lego before, right? And there's nothing worse in the whole world stepping on a Lego. But you know your path needs to be clear, and if it's not clear, you need to at least be able to know where the Legos are so you don't step on them. And that's the thing. All of us find ourselves running through life, sprinting through life, and falling in various holes. Every single one of us has stumbled along the way. But what what Proverbs is saying is, listen, I want to show you where those stumbling blocks are. I want to show you where the problems areas are. I want to show you where the pitfalls are. I want to show you where the holes are. I want to show you where the Legos are so that you don't step on them. So you don't keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over. So you don't keep tripping up on the same things. And if you know where the pitfalls are, if you know where the things are that you need to avoid, you can run through life. You can sprint through life. You can walk through life. You can go through life and you'll have a whole lot less trouble, a whole lot less trouble, if you know where the pitfalls are. And all of us rely on all different kinds of things to try to figure out where those pitfalls are. A lot of us, we just rely on our own experience, don't we? We say, well, hey, listen, I've lived quite a few years. I've learned where the pitfalls are. And then we find ourselves falling in another one. We say, oh, I didn't know about that one. I didn't know about that one. I didn't know about that one. Or maybe we try to look at other people's experiences. And there's a lot we can learn from experience, either yours or someone else's. But there's far more 
that we can learn without ever having to go through it by just listening to the Lord, by just being followers of Jesus. He not only shows us the right things, he shows us the wrong things and says, avoid this, avoid this. You know, and here's the thing, we, we have a tendency to, to think about rules, right? And think, well, but is it wrong? Is it wrong? Show me the rule where it's wrong. I don't, I'm not going to do it if I think it's wrong. But wait a second. That's a good question. Is it wrong? But there's a lot of other questions that are important. Another question might be, will it cause me to stumble? Will, will this, will this hurt me? Will this lead to something that, that I don't want to, to do or to be or a place I don't want to go? Is it wise? Is it wise? There's so many behaviors, aren't there? I can't prove to you that it's wrong. I can't say, well, here, book, chapter, and verse, it's wrong. But I can say, listen, look at God's word. Look at who Jesus is. And look at this behavior. Look at these words. Look at this attitude. Look at this and say, is this wise? Because Jesus wants you to have the best possible life. And there's going to be all kinds of other things that happen in your life. You know, there's going to be other people's foolishness that bumps up against yours. But life is a whole lot easier if we don't act foolish. Life is a whole lot easier if we're wise. My son, accept my words that the years of your life may be many. Look at verse 13. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. I mean, that, that's what we kind of do, don't we? We get to a certain age and we think, you know what? Mom and dad told me this is the way to live. And maybe they were getting their instruction from Scripture and they were giving it to you and say, well, I always heard this, but now I want to learn for myself. Why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to go out? And they say, well, hey, if you do this, you're probably going to fall in the pit. And you fall in the pit. It's going to be hard to get back up. It's going to hurt. There's going to be all kinds of negative consequences. You say, yeah, but I want to experience it for myself. Why? Why do you want to do that? You know already. Hold on to that instruction. There's some pits you don't want to fall in. There's some roads that you go down and there's no coming back from. Or at least there's no coming back from unscarred. God wants you to avoid a lot of that. Now, that doesn't mean there's no forgiveness and there's no mercy. Of course there is. But you can avoid a lot of pain in your life. I can avoid a lot of pain in my life if we'll just listen to the instructions of the Lord. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Don't go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They're robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now, verse 18. Well, even before we get there. You know, don't we, don't we have this tendency to kind of push back against the do-nots of Scripture? We have a tendency to look at that and we say, ah, that's so negative. Why are you always telling us what not to do? Don't do this. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Why do you always push back? Why do we think of those as bad? They're good. I mean, you don't look at a warning sign. If there's a big warning sign that says warning, danger, you don't say, ah, why are you always telling me what not to do? I mean, you, say, you look at it and you say, thank you for telling me to avoid going in that door, or walking on this or doing that because I might die if I don't listen to the warning. And scripture is full of these warnings. To say, listen, 
You want the best possible life? Don't even start down this path. Don't set foot on this path. Don't go that way. Don't follow these people. Don't listen to their lies. Hold on to the wise instructions. Warnings from God are good. And we ought to cherish them. So when God says, this is the way to live your life, cherish that instruction. Hold on to it. Verse 18. Now listen, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Think about that for a second. The light of dawn, the, the first early morning. I mean, is, is the light of dawn bright? Not really, right? I mean, it's dim. It begins dim. It's gradual, right? It begins dim, and then it shines brighter and brighter until full day. I like that metaphor, don't you? That's good. He says, listen, this is the way of the path of righteousness. The, the right path, you're going to start out on it, and you can say, I, I can see a little bit clearer now. Things make a little bit more sense now. I can see, uh, there's, I, I think... I should avoid doing that. And I think this thing, that's good. And I can see a little bit more clearly than I could before. And when wisdom embodied, Jesus, comes and we become disciples of Jesus, we can see a little bit clearer than we could before. But it's still, it's still dim. For most of us, when we begin to follow Jesus, it's still something that we, we don't fully see yet. But it gets brighter and brighter And brighter and brighter until full day. Until we reach this point of full maturity. I'm not there yet. I don't know about you, but I'm not there yet. But I know that as we follow Jesus, every step we take in the direction of Jesus, every step we take in the direction of righteousness, every step we take in the direction of holiness, every step we take in the direction of God brings us a little closer to the light. Things get brighter and you can see the pitfalls a little more clearly. And you can see the right things a little more clearly. Things make a little bit more sense every step you take in the right direction. And isn't that a, isn't that a good thing to think, listen, you, you don't have to go from being a fool to being the wisest, most mature person in the world overnight. You can't do it. It's a gradual thing, but you can take one, one step. Say this week, today, I'm going to pray a little bit more. I'm going to read a little bit more. I'm going to meditate on God's word a little bit more. I'm going to take a proverb, and I'm going to memorize a proverb this week. I'm going to, I'm going to think about something that Jesus said or did, and I'm going to think about that statement of Jesus all week long. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to let my mind just marinate in it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to turn it upside down and right side up and forwards and backwards, and I'm going to look at it and examine it every which way, and I'm going to hold on to that truth, and I'm going to... Let it shape my life. And if you do that, and you take one step in that direction to be a little closer to Jesus and do things a little bit more like Jesus would have you to do them, everything gets a little bit brighter. Everything makes a little bit more sense. The the pitfalls look a little less enticing, right? I mean, there's times when when you, you see the kind of the edge of a pit and you think, huh, you know, that might not be so bad, right? I mean, who knows what's down there? Maybe it'd be fun to explore. I could go down there. I might find some money down there. I mean, it might be good. And then you shine a light down there and you think, nope, there's big spikes at the bottom of that pit. I don't want to go down there. But I'm thankful that the light was down there and showing me what's in the pit before I jumped in it. And so many of us jump first and think second. We jump and then we say, wow, that was a bad choice. 
every time we get closer and closer to Jesus, we see things a little bit more clearly. And then look at the contrast here. He says, that's the way of the path of the righteous. The way of the wicked, it's like deep darkness. They don't even know over what they stumble. And that's true in your life, and that's true in my life, and that's true in the life of all humanity, isn't it? Where we did things and we thought, I don't even know why I'm in the mess that I'm in. I I have no idea how I ended up here. How did I end up here? How, How did I end up in this situation? How did I end up in this problem? How did I end up with my life the way that it is? I don't even know how I got here. You've been there, I've been there. We can look at the history of humanity. We can look at huge atrocities that humanity has committed or even small singular crimes. And every single one of those human beings is a thinking, reasoning being that when they walk in the darkness, they end up stumbling over things they don't even see coming. And so do you. And so do I. We just kind of feel our way through life. Just kind of think our way through life and just say, well, I'm just doing what seems natural. This seems like a good idea. And then we stumble and then we stumble and then we stumble and we like, I don't even know what am I stumbling over. It's, be, it's, not, it's not that you don't know how to walk. It's not that you don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. It's that you don't have the light. You see, the light exposes what's in darkness. The light exposes the pitfalls. The light exposes how you're supposed to live as a human being. And because God is that creator, and this is his wisdom, and Jesus is that wisdom embodied, you you cannot know how to walk unless you walk with Jesus. You cannot know how to walk unless you walk, as Paul put it, in the spirit. There's two ways of walking, in the spirit or in the flesh. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, the works of the flesh are evident, and you've experienced those works. You've experienced those outcomes and the consequences of living your life by the flesh. But then he says, here's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You only learn to walk that way as you walk in the light, as he is in the light, as you walk with Jesus. And every step you take towards Jesus, the brighter and brighter it gets. So here's what I want us to walk away with. And I know this is silly, but it'll stick in our head because it's silly, okay? It, we need to take one step in the, the light direction, right? The light direction. Take one step in the light direction. Just one. Wherever you are. You might be incredibly mature and spiritual, but even you can take one step towards Jesus. And things will get even a little bit brighter. Or maybe... You're just right there at the brink of the dawn. Maybe you haven't even begun your walk with Jesus yet. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Begin your walk with Jesus. Be buried with him in baptism. Be united with him. And it'll begin like the light of dawn. And you'll see things just a little bit clearer. And every step you take in his direction, every step you take in the direction of the light, things will become clearer and clearer and clearer. Let's do that individually. Let's do that as a body of believers. Let's take one step in the light direction today. If we can help you with that in any way, come forward now as we stand and sing.